0: Imagine what you could do if you had hundreds of years of influencer wisdom at your fingertips. So head over to TheInfluencerVault.com today and sign up to grab your free copy of our brand new Top 10 Influencer Insights Guide. You won't regret it. So again, that's at TheInfluencerVault.com Go there today to grab the brand new top 10 influencer insights guide. I hope you enjoy it and I hope you enjoy this episode of Let's Do Influencing. So I'm so excited as part of our Amplify Your Message event to uh, be here today with Sean Douglas and I'm super stoked to have this conversation about podcasting because I know he has been in the podcasting world for a minute. And uh, I know he, he gets the podcasting world because I was on his show quite some time ago now. So, Sean, super excited to have you here today. And I always like to get our guests, even though we did a, a bio or an introduction off the top, to tell us just a little bit more about themselves before we dive in. So can you tell us just a little bit about your backstory?
1: Wow. Uh, yeah. So born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And joined the Air Force when I was 18, right after 9-11. Like I enlisted right after 9-11. I knew like this is what I'm going to do. So I've spent the last 20 years of my life on active duty orders in the Air Force and uh, get ready to retire. So I'm super excited about that. And I've created four businesses while serving in the military. Three of them have gone six figures and waiting on my fourth which I started like 2019. Um, COVID kind of shot that one, you know, a little bit, but uh, we still thrived. So it was still good. So I've built everything from an entertainment company to an antique store and collectible store, speaking, coaching, mentoring, podcasting, and uh, built a clothing line.
0: Wow. And so the follow-up question immediately, jumping right in is, When you mentioned the three that you created, are those still going or have you sold those? No.
1: No. So the first one, the entertainment company, I exited in 2008 and then the antique and collectible store was, was going for a while, uh, right. Like 2010, I used to buy storage auctions, right. When storage wars was at the height of the storage wars, right. I mean, I've been buying storage units forever, but we got really popular when storage wars came out and some other, you know, uh, What was the other one? The uh, American Pickers and a bunch of these antique shows, right? About 2010, 2011, 2012. It was like the height. So we continued doing that through 13, 14, 15, started doing all that. And then I was like, man, I'm going to like coach business. Like That's what I'm going to do. I built two successful six-figure businesses. I'm going to start coaching on business. And I said, I'm going to start a podcast. It's like, I I think podcasting is going to be where it's at. Because the way that I interpret what to do is when I hear one person say, like in 2014, oh, Bitcoin is going to be the thing. It's going to be Bitcoin. I'm like, "Mm, I don't think so, man. And then when the news starts covering it, I'm like, "Uh, it's not quite there. And then I see influencers getting into it, like high-level people getting into it. Like, man, it's going to be the thing. I'm like, "Uh, maybe I'll start thinking about it. Then I start researching. And then when I see like a majority of people starting to hey man we need to take notice of this we take notice of this i'm all in i'm kind of the early majority like innovator area right if you know anything about the law of diffusion of innovation theory i'm right around like the top 10 to 12 percent of market penetration then your you know, your majority is like 12 to like 32 but when you get that 16 percent to like 16 to 18 percent market penetration you start crossing the chasm great book by the way and you start to get into like the early majority and the majority of people start getting in that's when i'm like okay i gotta beat them people because i'm not the one that's like oh this is gonna be the thing and i'm in i gotta do research i gotta be really conscious about what because there's so many flash in the pans so many I don't want to be that guy that invests early. and be like, Oh, it's gone. Like, what was it? Blab. Blab was cool for like five months. Like done. I wasn't a blab guy. I'm like, well, let me see. I'm usually a year in, right? Let me see if it's going to, let me see if it's going to take, if we're still talking about this in a year, then I'll jump in and then I'll see it materialize. And that's what I did. 2017. I started my first show life transformation radio that year. I started speaking at podcast events and then 2018 was getting real popular in podcasting. I was like, this is a thing. So I'm glad I, did. I, I came in right at a really good time. If you do something super early, nobody really cares about it. When you jump into a business, when you jump into an industry, you got to time it to where enough people are talking about it. It's getting traction. Let's push it over the edge. And once it gets over that edge, it's all hockey stick then.
0: Yeah. So you, you now you've you've created my next question. I'm curious your thoughts on Clubhouse then, because you're. I mean, I'm I'm sure you're seeing it as much as I am, and I'm yep. struggling. I added it. I added the app. I went that far. I don't usually even like Vine when it was big. I didn't add that app. Most of them I didn't add. I added Snapchat. Never used it. But right. uh, Clubhouse, I added it. I'm the same thing. But I'm starting to hear same as you said. I'm starting to hear influencers that I really respect say yep. this is the one, and so I'm. On that fence, but anyway, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because it's the newest thing.
1: I don't think it's the one. No. Nope. And here's why. What have you heard? You've heard three things come from Clubhouse. One, oh my gosh, great app to network in. Great. Holy crap, I just got like four new clients. Bad. The third thing that that you hear people about is oh my gosh, I can freely teach what I want to teach and I'm not getting heckled on Facebook and I'm not getting slammed on Instagram. And man, we really need to take in the fact that I can just teach freely and just give immense amounts of value. I wonder when the ads are going to come. Bad. As soon as monetization starts coming in, bad. Here's why. People don't want to be sold to. They just don't. I put out posts all the time about giving value. The moment I start selling everything, I start repelling people. If I'm out there like, hey, man, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And you see it all the time. You get Facebook messages. You get LinkedIn messages. Buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. The moment people are talking about, hey, guys, this is amazing app. I just got four new clients. All of the marketers of the world who ruin everything. We'll start going into clubhouse, start marketing the crap out of everything. And people are like, nah, I'm done here. The, the, the purest, purest form of clubhouse can be you going in, into different rooms and things, teaching, and then you giving immense amounts of value and people message you going, Hey, that was really good. What else can you do? What else do you know? What else can you teach? And I'm really struggling with this. Can you help with that? Sure, I got a program for that. Let's, talk. yeah, let me, let me talk one on one with you, right? That's, that's organic. It's great. Why are we taking Clubhouse and putting it on a pedestal when Facebook does the same thing? We have Facebook groups. Why are you not doing the same thing in a Facebook group? Why are you not holding a tactical tips Tuesday in your Facebook group teaching your audience? Why are we not going into, to other people's Facebook groups and having guest trainings or workshops inside a Facebook group. Isn't it the same? There's no difference between you having a room that you can put people in and give a presentation in on Clubhouse and Facebook groups where you can have a presentation already queued up, ready to go either through Zoom or Facebook Live inside the group through streaming or however you want to do it. And having a PowerPoint or having whatever presentation and teaching something for 20 minutes, there's virtually no difference. The platform doesn't matter. It's your actions that keep the platform going. And I firmly believe that because people already were talking about getting clients on, on clubhouse. And it's really only for the uh, iPhone right now. Like a lot of Android users are having issues like trying to get into it. Like they can't get it. Um, it's not going to work.
0: All right. You know, it's it's funny because I'm I'm still like admittedly I'm still struggling with it, but I have a client who she's told me many times her biggest challenge is she doesn't have enough time and hours in her day now as it is whatsoever. Right. And I see because right. I get the notifications on Clubhouse. I'm not I'm not paying attention, but it's I don't I haven't shut off the notifications, so I see them pop up every right. now and then. Her name is always the first. She's in a room, she's in a room. And again, I'm like, how you know you're telling me you don't have enough time? And when I talk right. to her. I said, what's the ROI? Like, are you seeing anything from it? She said, oh, I'm getting followed by a lot of people. But again, she already said she didn't have enough time. And so now you're just creating a new not enough time. And so for me, same thing. I'm waiting it out because I don't have enough time to invest in a new platform and learn it and everything else. And my concern, this is my other concern. And I don't know. Now, this is very naive because I'm not an active Clubhouse user. So this is speaking without even knowing. But my concern is everybody I'm talking to says, it's great, I can go in there and teach. And my problem, not my problem, what the challenge I find with that is at what point do we saturate that completely? Like, at what point does your value of your teaching become nil? Because now everybody's competing to teach on one platform together. And everybody's uh, going there to say, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach. But aren't you at some point teaching the same people over and over? And then, then they go, well, he's not so scarce anymore example like you're not gonna see tony robbins running clubhouse rooms every hour because then you would nope. go well, maybe tony robbins not worth what i thought you know and right. now because if i can walk down the street and hang out with tony then i don't see him as this high value whether that's right or wrong and so my fear is this yeah. is going to become a clubhouse where this one person's on there all the time that i used to say you can never access them and now all of a sudden i'm like eh, i've listened to him now a hundred times that i mean that's yeah. my fear but that's on the outside yeah. I just I don't see
1: the difference between Facebook group, a LinkedIn group, or, uh, or, or Clubhouse. Why, I have a Facebook group. I go live in my Facebook group all the time. Why can't you go live in your Facebook group and teach, teach the same people? Oh, it's a different kind of audience. It's a different kind of people. You create your audience. Nobody creates the audience for them. I'm going to say, hey, Corey, I'm going to start a podcast. Bring me my audience. It doesn't work that way you create your audience it's all in your positioning so i think that we won't even be talking about clubhouse later on this year maybe even in 2022 some other new shiny object is going to come and someone's going oh my god this is so great the only reason people like snapchat is because the the chats disappeared in 24 hours Mm -hmm. so you could be sending like you know like bar pictures late night pictures things like oh my gosh check this out and then it would disappear and then nobody could access it anymore So it gave somebody a special secret like chat thing right um, but I mean I I've never used Snapchat don't don't I even I didn't even use Instagram until like maybe last year maybe end of 2019 I didn't need to because I knew where my audience was. Same thing with podcasting. Where is your audience? On what platform? What are they looking for? And it's every business. If you're going to start a business, if you're going to start a program, product, service, you're going to speak to people, if you're going to create a podcast, where are your people? Figure out where they are. If your whole audience is on Clubhouse, then that's where you need to be. The platform doesn't matter. It's where are my people and how do I reach them?
0: So here's a follow-up to that then. I'd love to get your take on this because when we're talking about the institution, social media platforms like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and to some degree, Instagram, they haven't went anywhere in a long time. You know, they,
1: they're never going to go anywhere. Those are never going to go away. It's
0: not and, MySpace. And that's, that's my point. I don't think they're ever disappearing. So here's the nope. question, though. If you go all in on one platform, but, and i just love to get your take on this. What are your thoughts on should you be driving that tra- traffic also to another place in case? So when I say another case, I don't necessarily mean from yes. Twitter. I mean like whether it's an email list or some other place that if you get shut down, even if the platform doesn't go anywhere, but you got shut down for something you didn't do wrong, somebody hacked your account that you've been using to do it, that you still have a way to communicate. What are your thoughts on the importance of that?
1: 100%. Absolutely vital. Never build your empire on somebody else's real estate.
0: Yeah, that sums it up right there.
1: Never build your empire on somebody else's real estate. All of your ads, all of your marketing, everything should be taking them off platform and into an email list, to your website, to your podcast, to your real estate, everything. Your whole, if you're a business owner, your job is to market your business so that you get get clients and customers. That's it. So, you know, on an episode of my new podcast, Create Launch Monetize Podcast, we talked about how restaurants billboard advertise on the side of highways and say upcoming 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 two more miles two more miles like they're trying to get you off the freeway and where are these restaurants and gas stations directly off the freeway they want you off the freeway and you're not going to drive a mile or two down some side road to get to them you make it as easy as possible if you look at everything in the human life and the way it's designed and operated offline if you look at everything we do, we set ourselves up for the easiest path. We put the remote to the TV in a certain way, certain place uh, at certain times because we don't want to search through the couch cushions to find the remote. Like, where's the remote? Like, it's always in the same place. It's always, a, you know. Same thing, car dealerships. Most car dealerships will always be concentrated in the same area because they know you're searching for a car. If you're searching for a car, you're like, oh, I like that. Where they put the prettiest cars in front. It's like at the, at, the, at the supermarket. Every time you go to the grocery store, they have, they say that the outside aisles, are always the worst it's the sales it's the end caps it's the easiest line of sugary stuff or things that are on sale whatever but the organic stuff is usually right in the center aisles right in the middle so the so the good healthy stuff is harder to get to and the sugary good stuff and the things that are going to keep people coming back for more are at the easiest place to get to the same thing with your business make it so super easy for them to listen to your podcast to do business with you to watch your videos to whatever and Facebook knows this and so they in their algorithm have it built in to say if they see a link in your post they're gonna they're gonna stop the engagement because they don't want people going off platform that's why we always say put it in a in a comment hey type uh, whatever in the comments below. Hey, click the link in the comments below. Like you want those comments because that's what that the algorithm is going to keep pushing that post out. So make it super easy and super upfront. Have a build a billboard, do it digitally any way you can build yourself a billboard and say, here I am. Come see me.
0: So I, there's a there's a big nugget there that I hope people caught Which is the, what you said, because a lot of people I feel still don't know that, which I mean, on one hand is kind of amazing, but we also have to remember, um, you know, certain people have, are just starting to use Facebook for their business or just starting to use LinkedIn for their business or just starting LinkedIn as hard as it is to believe, but the idea of not putting the link right in the post, that's, I mean, that's a golden nugget, Sean, for people that don't know that. But one other thing I wanted to touch on that you said was about the goal of getting the traffic off the freeway now this is a mm-hmm. side tangent but I think it's very relevant uh, there was this guy that uh commissioned my grandfather years back to build a fiberglass space shuttle replica to size um so he, the guy himself is a pretty unique dude like he's the only guy I know that actually built an amusement park around a giant fiberglass space shuttle <laughs> but anyway his name is Captain Burke, and he got commissioned one time he told me uh, off off the highway in Montreal he got commissioned by this restaurant and they said, we want to drive traffic, and we want you to come up with some sign that's going to drive traffic. And they paid him $10,000. And then basically he told me, he went home and put his feet up because he knew already what he was going to do. He waited it out. Let's say it was like supposed to be a month. He came back with the sign. They gave him the money to do the sign and the money to design it. But the 10000 was his payment for doing it. And he came back, right. and the sign had a big arrow pointing down, and it said, eat here. <laughs> the whole sign. Anyway, he said they they basically were mad at him at first, but they had already paid for everything that was already done. Anyway, their sales went up. I think it was like forty or fifty percent in a month. Eat right. here. That's all I need to know. They were ready an exit, but the point is, was it, he just said, "Why do you have to dummy this? Why do you have to make this so complex? Let's just yep. dummy." He said, "Let's dummy it down. Eat here. That's all a person needs to know. They're yep. hungry. This is the exit up the freeway. It's the only restaurant here. Eat here instead of like yep. cheap steaks or whatever else." right and it it worked i mean i'm not saying it always works but the the point is he came up with a billboard and he found a way to get them off the highway because he reminded them i'm hungry you gotta eat soon yeah it was just it was it's it's such a weird thing but it's funny how their numbers went right up from doing it over the great gorgeous sign they had before Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes we make it hard.
1: if you had a billboard that said uh are you on a road trip stop here and fill up Right. So, like, I am on a road trip. Like, hey, we need to stop. Hey, let's just stop here. Hey, how much gas you got? Look, okay. Listen, if you're on a road trip, you're driving down the road, you see signs like, are you on a road trip? Fill here. Like, fill up, fill up here. Hey, how much gas we got? Are oh, we going to have a tank? Let's just stop and get some sodas or something. Let's just fill up here. Like, let's just right, use the language that people are already using. People want to come up with this amazing copy and this amazing marketing ploy about, I'm going to use these great words. Like the people are already saying what they want. They're already using the language, use the language that they already know in their head. They're already programmed, right? That's why you see a gas station called the filling station or, you know, just, just different things. Like same thing in every industry, man. Same thing in podcasting. Like, you need to use the language that your potential clients, your listeners, or whoever is already using.
0: Well, and it's funny you say that because it makes me think of um, there are also those signs that are done so well that say, and it's some variation of next gas station, 60 miles, yeah. don't run out of gas.
1: Yeah. You know, and then yep. you're,
0: you're going oh, I don't want to run out of gas. Right. Oh, crap, 60 miles. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I have enough gas. I'm pretty close there. And, and right. we've all probably had, if we travel any amount, we've all had that experience where you pushed it and then you're like, oh my God, yep. Your heart's beating and you're like, I'm going yep. to <laughs> And so I think it even talks to yep. that. Like you don't want that experience again, do you? Mm. And so again, right. but, and some of them just say, next gas stop, station, 60 miles. They don't even say don't run out of gas just next. And your head still goes back to, I don't want to run out of gas. So to your point, yeah. I think it's still, it still goes back to what am I saying while I'm driving on the highway? Now I'd right. like to ask you if we circled a podcasting as we start to wind our way down. Um, can you, cause a lot of the people watching and listening are either wanting to get into podcasting or they're already mm-hmm. there, but they're maybe struggling with how to get an audience or as you said, find your audience. Are there maybe one or two tips in podcasting that you've given other people when people have asked you about podcasting that you can sort of share with us? Maybe some, uh, what would John Lee Dumas call it? Uh, knowledge bombs or value nuggets or something like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
1: the value. It's so cheesy. The value bombs. I think uh, it's value bombs. Value bombs. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Value bombs. Um, <laughs> I got a friend uh chris hoffman he's got a very very cool veteran podcast he calls them uh the golden grenades (laughs) he's a he's an old marine (laughs) he calls them golden grenades such a cool dude um it depends on what they want so if you want to get for example i have nine episodes of create launch monetize podcast. And I looked at my stats before we jumped on here. I have 3,073 downloads for nine episodes. Wow. I can't even tell you if that's good or not. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> well, I exactly, can't even tell you if that's good.
0: I think it depends on if it's the right people.
1: Right. Downloads do not equal listens. So I host on Libsyn. I can't even tell you how many people listen to my show. If I download it and it goes to my computer, download, but I didn't push play. I have no idea. Now, Life Transformation Radio, that's been on since 2017, Blog Talk Radio does listens. They don't do downloads, they do listens. It says this stat is for everyone who has listened more than two minutes of your show on our platform. So my show currently has Forty-five or 40, 47,000, 47,321 listens, which means 47,000 people have listened to my show. That's how I know. How many downloads do I have? Hundreds of thousands of downloads. This is why I keep preaching it. I have the data. I have the proof. I have hundreds of thousands of downloads. 47,320 people have actually heard my show. So congratulations, you have $100,000 on your podcast. Congratulations. How many of them have listened? They can't tell you. They're like, well, I hope 100,000 people. Like, sure do. I hope 100,000 people did it. If you want people to listen to your show and you're using the download count as a metric, that's fine. Just figure out how to make sure that people are listening to your show. Like, email me, rate and review the show, uh send me your feedback, something. Get them to engage with you. Create a Facebook group. Engage with your listeners. Hey guys, if there's a certain topic that you want us to cover, email me at and then read the emails right on right online. Hey, Corey sent me an email said he wants to talk about this, this, and this. So that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk about this one thing. Thank you, Corey, for your email. Now you've acknowledged the listener, you accept the, that, that that listener has a question. And you give value. Now there's a relationship happening. There's a really, really amazing book called Your 1000 True Fans. Build your 1000 True Fans. They will buy from you, they will share it out, they will subscribe, they will rate and review. Like on Life Transformation Radio, I have well over 100 ratings and reviews and five stars and whatever else. On Create Launch Monetize podcast, I have 34. Uh, five-star ratings, and then I have three reviews. Mm-hmm. And I have nine episodes. I've figured it out through 446 episodes of Life Transformation <laughs> <laughs> Radio, how to build the audience. Like, how do I build it? And then people have messaged me. I had a guy, uh, he, he messaged me. I was like, episode four, I think it was like right after. I mean, with this massive launch. It was episode four or five. He messages me and he goes, "Hey bro, just want to let you know I listened to the first three episodes of your show, and I had to pull the car over and take notes because I now have a list of twelve things that I'm obviously doing wrong in my business." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure you're fine." He's, like, "No, no, no. This is what I'm doing," and I was like, "Yep, wrong. No, don't do that. No, don't do that." And literally, he had like eight things. I was like, "Ah, the other one's like, you can do that. That's fine." But like the top five things, I was like, oh, God, stop doing that right now. Like, Don't do that. He's like, I'm wasting so much money. So it was just so funny that he messages me and says, yo, dude, I'm doing like 12 things wrong. I had to pull the car over. I know that I'm giving value. And then I mentioned it in the show because I don't use names. But I'm like, hey, man, I just got of messaged from a guy. And he said, hey, man. And I just read the message. And I was like, here's what I want to tell you guys. If you think you're doing something wrong. And then I just went on a tangent. I'm bringing value while acknowledging the listener." Most podcasters don't do that. They have an interview. They do the show. Thank you for your time. Got any questions? Email us. Leave. You should be all the time in your show. Like, hey, listeners, did you hear what Corey just said? He just gave a huge nugget. Take that right now to the bank. Listen, guys, and you're talking to the audience, but you're also having a conversation with your guests.
0: I, you know, that's,
1: so- that's it.
0: I love that, Sean, and you also gave me a reminder or maybe a kick in the butt of something that I used to do. Uh, and we I took a break with my two shows that have been going for a long time because mm-hmm. one show was nine plus years, I needed a break. Wow. I was, I'm gonna take a break rather than try to do this thing where you know I change the order or structure or go like one episode a month instead of a week. I just said, I'm gonna take a full break, told the audience and just kind of went on kind of on hiatus. But one of the things I used to do, and this is going back a bit, is I used to do it and and it becomes a bit of work, but there's so much more engagement is I would actually post on Facebook, Hey, I'm going to be interviewing so-and-so what questions do you want me to ask? Hey, I'm going to be interviewing so-and-so, or, uh, you know, what questions do you have for me that I can tackle before I do the interview and stuff like that. But I would say, am I okay to mention your name? I would just let them do all the work in Facebook. Like I would say, Hey, do you want to be included? And somebody would say, "Oh, I'd love you to ask my question to Les Brown of this. And yep. then the point is then I'm asking their question. They get their name included. Then they want to listen. Like there's, there's an actual engagement level happening. It used to work so well. And Facebook's so easy for that. And yep. also you're adding value because you're like, I care about you. What question do you want to ask this person that you might not be able to get a chance to get access to for a while? Yep. Anyway, so you just reminded me that it worked so well for me. And then I stopped doing it because I was like, ah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> but I know better. And I know I should get back into it. So that's a good reminder for me. Huge. So, Sean, I want to ask you then, as we bring things to a close, most important question, uh, that I'll call it last but not least, is if somebody wants to reach out to you uh, to work with you, uh, I mean, there's lots of ways they can work with you, hiring you as a speaker, uh, whether you're helping them with their speaking, whether they want to get on the show, whatever that looks like. But is there a hub or a place you would send them?
1: Yeah, so if you want to inquire about some programs, product, services that we offer, you can go to my website at thesuccesscore, C-O-R-P-S dot com. You could also go to createlaunchmonetize.com and then just email me, Sean, S-E-A-N, at com. Send me an email. Say, hey, I heard you and Corey talking. I heard you got some some things that you could offer. So what we do is we basically work with entrepreneurs, speakers, and business owners to create, launch, and monetize podcasts books uh we've done nine best selling authors we've done almost 11 uh top rated podcasts uh we create businesses we create speakers and speaker businesses we create coaching programs products and services for people whatever it is that you want to create launch and monetize and then position in the marketplace which will increase your revenue that is what we do so if you know if you want to start a podcast now is the time because in 2022, 2023, the big business marketing guys are going to bring millions and billions of dollars into this ecosystem, and you're going to get crushed. Like, this right now is the ground floor. Like, we're almost, we're almost through the chasm. A- after 2022, it's, it's a wrap. If, if you're not positioned now as a podcaster, there's right now active 850,000 podcasts. Active, an additional three to 400,000 podcasts have pod faded out or stopped doing their podcasts, which brings it to about 1.3, 1.4 million podcasts. There are billions of YouTube channels, billions. So we are baby. We are like ground floor in 2017. There was maybe 500,000 podcasts. Maybe the podcast industry is worth over 600 million dollars between the pre-roll and mid-roll ads and the sponsors and everything else so this is the time to get into podcasting because i'm telling you 2022 especially 2023 you're too late we've already crossed the chasm big box retailers and people are like you're gonna see a lot of ads you're gonna see a lot of people putting you know spending into podcasting you already got wondery that, that, that produces a lot of shows. You already got NPR that produces a lot of different podcasts. And what I suspect is going to happen is in 2022 and 2023, people are going to start taking their old podcasts that haven't uploaded an episode since 2018 and 2019. They're going to try to rebrand it and then sell the podcast because you get the subscribers, you get the ratings and reviews. Then that person is going to flip the podcast and going to sell it to somebody else. Cause you already have an audience and you already have episodes and you have something to build on. I suspect that podcast trading or buying and selling like you would a business, like you would a stock is going to be really big in 2022 and 2023. And mark my words, someone will build a platform to buy, sell and trade podcasts. I promise you it's going to happen.
0: Oh yeah. I have no, not even a question on that. And in fact, what I think you're going to see too is organizations like Coke, Pepsi and stuff. They're just going to, they're going to be one of the ones to buy the podcast that already has all the stuff built in the yep. larger ones. And then it's yep. just going to be like Coca-Cola presents. Yep. And we're already seeing some brands like that jump yep. in now. So they're already jumping in now because they don't want to be left out. How long is it going to be? Like you say before, they're just literally buying them up. So yeah, yep. if you want to get in and, and maybe if that's your plan to get in and have an extra strategy, Hey, that's good too. I'm sure Sean can help you with that. But yep. You know, uh, Steve, um, and he said this on an interview. I don't know if it was on my show or if uh, it was he was interviewing me. But Steve Olsher, I'm talking about with New Media, yep. Summit, he was he well, he, and he said it too. I think on the New Media Summit publicly that um, you know he he didn't set up his two to sell originally, but if he had his time back, he probably would have set them up to sell. But I think he's I think he's either sold or he's selling them.
1: He yeah, reinvention Radio. I think he wanted to to sell it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it, so there, there's a person that's already talking about selling it as a property. And yep. he said, if he would have early on, if he would have built it that way and thought of it that way, he would have even made changes because he would have built it, systemized it probably. But yep. the point is, he, we, we already know people that are selling their podcasts. So it's, it's going to happen.
1: It's going to happen. And there's going to be a platform where you can buy, sell and trade podcasts, just like you can houses and cars and everything. I'm telling you, it's going to be a commodity. And once it becomes commoditized, the market is going
0: to go nuts. So get in now. That's the take. Get goal. in
1: now. I'm telling you.
0: Love it. So, Sean, this has been an absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure. Uh, are you going to be at the next New Media Summit? I hope so. Okay. Uh, if I think I'm invited, I can... I'll go. Okay. I think it's coming
1: up soon, isn't it? Uh, I don't know if we can still do live events, but uh, if, if Steve calls me and Kelly calls me and says, hey, we'd love for you to be there, I'll be there.
0: Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait to meet in person again, but in the interim, we'll do yeah. this virtual thing, but thank you so much. So much yeah, great man. value. People are going to love this and we'll make sure that the, the uh, in the comments below as, as we're at this part right now, where you shared your website and that we'll make sure to include it all below and your email and all that kind of stuff. in the Perfect,
1: comments. man. Yeah. You're a rock star, man. Always a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Awesome. The feelings mutual, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a good one.